Welcome to Plead the Cause, where we plead the cause for the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world and right here in our own backyard. I'm Tommy Morris, Director of Community Engagement for Heart of the Bride Ministries, and with me once again in the studios is our Executive Director, Brian Chrisman. Brian, how's it going today, man? It's hot, man. It's hot, Tommy. (laughs) Every week, it's the same story. It's just hot. At least we're not hitting 100 degrees today, but we're back tomorrow, so... It's yeah, hot. Yeah, Other than that, digits, it's good. Yeah. Triple digits have been rough, no doubt, no doubt. But we don't live in Phoenix, so let's just count our blessings, right? <laughs> I heard they're about to hit 30 days of 100-degree temperatures or more, or whatever. Maybe it's a hun- over 110, something like that. So, yeah, yeah, we can count our blessings. And we, we do have we, the beach. We have the beach near us. It's and we have the beach nope. near us. But we also have, like, a 1,000% humidity. So yeah, it balances sure. out. It balances out. <laughs> it's a given thing. We know I was in Texas two weeks ago, and it's interesting because their their temps were higher, but uh, our temps were lower, but our real feel was like right at the same, like 118 right. degrees. <laughs> because of the humidity. The yeah. Humidity just makes up for the, the yeah, disparate oh, temperatures. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but good, man. I'm doing good. How about you, man? How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing really good. It's it's nice to, to be recording again. And um yeah, excited about today's topic. I mean, it's it's a it's a heavier topic. Yeah, it is. But man, it's so important, and it it's something that impacts so much of what we do. And it's something that if if you're going to get into this type of ministry, I think it's it's an important thing to really understand. And um, so yeah, it's yeah. a needed conversation, man. So, well, what's what's good about this one too is it it affects everything we do all around the world, but it yeah. is incredibly applicable uh, to America, or I should say, prevalent in America when we get right. into this subject um, more than than probably most of the things we've talked about so far, because most of those are international. You know, a lot of the things we we don't have as much of here, but this, unfortunately, we lead the world in, man. We lead the world oh. in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's why it's, it's a must have conversation. It's, it's something, you know, when I say that I look forward to talking about it, it's because it's, it's something that people need to hear about, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's heavy. It, it can be dark to think about, but, but it's a necessary thing to understand and, and to think through how in presenting the gospel and living out the gospel, we can help to tackle this. And and the discussion today is going to be about fatherlessness. And this is, like you said, this is something that we, we see it overseas in the countries where we serve, but it's something that we see often right here in our own backyard in America. You know, this is something that has impacted multiple cultures across the world. Yeah. And so that's why we want to talk about it because really when we talk about orphan care, this is one of the number one things that kind of contributes uh, to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, and look, it's a worldwide problem. I mean, let's just, let's, let's, let's put that out there. And, you know, we've talked before about how difficult statistics are when you talk about the orphan crisis around the world. So to be honest with you, I, I couldn't even find out how they're comparing America to the rest of the world. When you talk about orphans and, you know, we've talked about single orphan versus double orphan. Um, but, but I'll say this, man, um, what, what, what they say is the stat that I've read is America leads the world in fatherless homes. All right. So I think mm-hmm. it's said that way specifically, maybe when, if, if, if amongst kids who have at least one parent out there, America leads the world in fatherless homes. 
I mean, that's, that's pretty difficult to swallow, man, but that, that is a real, that's a real statistic, man. Yeah. That really puts it in perspective. Uh, when we, when we think about this, because sometimes that can be easy when we talk about things to think like, that's a problem somebody else faces, but you know, that's not something we'll see, uh, but no, we're that puts it in perspective that no, this is a major problem right here at home. Yeah. You know, right and, here with people that we know. And then around the world, I mean, I'll just say this anecdotally. I mean, what, what we see when we travel, when, when we are serving a kid that only has one parent, it is almost always the mom, you know, the mm -hmm. father is almost always the one who's missing. So it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's huge here. It's huge around the world. Yep. And it's, yeah. it is a huge problem. <laughs> Yeah. So what is, I mean, you know, you say you've seen the, the extent of it. There were some studies, I think, that you saw. What is the extent of fatherlessness that you've seen um, from some of the studies you looked at here in America and abroad? Uh, well, I mean, it's crazy, man. So um, most of the stats that I have are going to be from here because that's that's where the most reliable stats are, you know, but more than 20 million children live in a home without the physical presence of their father. Okay. Um, I mean, that's huge. Millions more than that have dads who are physically present, but emotionally absent. Right. So, I mean, so you add to, you know, what, where they're really physically not there, just those that are just neglectful of their families. Um, it, it, it just, it gets even bigger than that. Um, and if it were classified as a disease, fatherlessness would be an epidemic worthy of attention as a national emergency. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that's huge, right? An estimated 24.7 million children, that's 33% of children in the United States, live absent their biological father. Um, of students in grades 1 through 12, 39% live in homes absent their biological fathers. That's over 17 million kids. All right. Um, and then, of course, you know, and there's disparity, too. It breaks down, you know, by by race, you know, 57.6 percent of black children live without their biological father. Thirty one point two percent of Hispanic children and twenty point seven percent of white children are living absent their biological fathers. So that is still huge in, in every population and in, in every ethnic uh, breakdown. Uh, and according uh, to the U.S. Census, 72.2 percent of the U.S. population fatherlessness is the most, oh, I just said that, I just messed that up. According to 72.2% of the U.S. population, okay, fatherlessness is the most significant family or social problem facing America. So it's, 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 it's big. I mean, it's a big problem. That is a lot of kids who either don't have a father around or don't have a father who's present with them mentally even or emotionally, even though they're physically present. So it's huge. It's huge. And it's a, listen, and it's a, it's a big problem. Let's let's talk about this too. Why 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 don't kids have fathers around the world, right? I mean, we we know. Well, I mean, this is a Christian broad uh, podcast, right? So we know it's the effects of the the fall, absolutely, right? We know that. But there are a lot of reasons why we find kids around the world without fathers, right? Obviously, uh, um, death is one of the big things, especially internationally. Um, but abandonment, I mean, they just, just leave. We know that. There are a lot of fathers out there who don't even take responsibility at all for their kid or never around. Um, but, you know, we see it in, in some areas, too, where fathers leave looking for work. Even though they may have the best of intentions, um, they're gone because they, they have to be and, or they feel they have to be. And it's 
they're still gone um, or they're working in another place. We see that a lot um, uh, in areas where we work around the world, um, that, they're, that the father would be present if, if he felt he could be in some way. He's trying to do the best for his family, but still it's leaving a fatherless child there, uh, essentially. So, um, and then, of course, like I said, America leads the, the world in, in fatherless homes. So uh, the problem's even worse here than, than where we travel around the world. And when we think about these numbers being so high, I mean, the, the concerning thing is when you go and you and you read about the impact of fatherlessness in the home, you know, and what what ends up happening to those kids and the, and the fact that there are all these categories, you know, where they are more likely to kind of fall into, you know, what we would consider, you know, dangerous territory yeah. you know as, well, as far as like crime or or other things yeah and we'll break those down in just a minute but let me let me read a statement to you that i thought i i read and i didn't log down where i read it but i read it and it just hit me it said some fathering advocates would say that almost every social ill faced by america's children is related to fatherlessness mm. i was like that, <laughs> that's huge of course we just yeah. talked about how many kids are actually fatherless out there so that makes sense but here, here, here are just the general things, right, that we expect. Children from fatherless homes are more likely to be poor. All right, we'll break that down in a minute. More likely to become involved in drug and alcohol abuse. They're more likely to drop out of school. More likely to suffer from health and emotional problems. Boys without fathers are more likely to become involved in crime. And girls without fathers, listen to this, are more likely to become pregnant as teens. And there are studies back on all of those statements up. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. You think it's, oh, it's just one thing, one, one absent thing, right? One, one person makes a huge difference. And so the, the, those, um, yeah, all those stats, when I started reading all these numbers, I knew these facts, but it just blew me away again, man. Just blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. The ripple effect is, is scary when you look at it and, and what, what ends up happening, you know, and, and that's what we see in a, on a daily basis in the work that we do is we we see a lot of those after effects, you know, and, and what stems from this. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, because, you know, now we're serving uh, the local community here in northwest Florida, uh, but but my own family. Um, yeah, our extended family, one of my kids, we'll, we'll share more about this when it's official and we can, but they're adopting right now from the foster care system. And so we're, we're watching that in real time, you know, a boy who never knew his father. And so um, a lot of the things we're going to talk about in a minute, I mean, are, are, are going to be prevented because God has put him in a family. We we're praying, but we already see a lot of the psychological mental effects of, of just not having a father and, and then being in situations like we've just described where poverty is more prevalent, all of those things, because there was, there was not a, there was not a father who took responsibility for his, his child. And so, uh, so we see it, uh, firsthand, uh, right here in our own family right now, man. Yeah. So let's, let's go and, and kind of look at each one of these areas that you talked about. You know, the first one is poverty and, and poverty sometimes can, you know, there can be a cause and effect of that, uh, maybe leading like uh, to the fatherlessness sure. you talked about, you know, maybe him leaving to try to go find a job or just feel like he can't take it. But oftentimes it's, fatherlessness uh, leaving and then the mom trying to to hold down everything and raise the kids work full-time provide and it definitely you know produces a hardship 
uh, that wouldn't be there if there were two parents in the home. And so it, it can tend to lead uh, to poverty. Well, we talk a lot about the the cycle of poverty, man. It is it it it, it is a generational cycle. It is it is tough to break, whether it's here in the United States or around the world. Um, you know, it 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 is, and 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 so is fatherlessness. I mean, um, uh, you guys have heard Matt Nelms on here before talking about Care Portal and, and our adoption grant program. Um, he he should be with us today because he is so passionate about this that as he has worked in the foster care system, he has seen fatherless homes produce children who produce fatherless children. And he is so passionate about breaking that cycle that he, he de he's devoted a large part of his, his life to mentoring young men, young, you know, teens uh, to help break that cycle. So absolutely it's, it's a cycle, but, and so whether poverty is the cause or a result or then mixed up in that cycle, it, it's definitely a, a huge factor. Um, that comes from fatherlessness. Uh, children in father absent homes are almost four times more likely to be poor. All right, so that that's that's just a fact. Now, you know that 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 can stem from a lot of things, right? If you start reading all the stuff behind it, I mean, you know, whether you think it's a wage gap between men and women, or just the fact that you know men just typically are okay. And we'll we'll talk later about how God designed the family, but but are supposed to be there providing for their family. That would that would have been a, a not a controversial statement maybe twenty years ago, but you know now people you know, they, they want to, to buck that system, but, um, but, but the father's supposed to be the provider. I mean, I, I believe that, uh, and I'm not saying ladies can't work, but I'm just saying, um, that is the way God designed it. And so we, we see that in these stats, children in father absent homes are almost four times more likely to be poor. And according to the census bureau, okay. in, in 2011, 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty compared to 44% of children in mother only families. So, there's a correlation right now. Correlation isn't always causation. That's kind of another way to say what you were saying earlier, but there's definitely a correlation between father absent homes and poverty. Yeah. And when we look at this, uh, kind of, this kind of bleeds into the other things that, that we're going to talk about. You know, the next one being that these kids in fatherless homes have a higher propensity for drug use and addiction. You know, and I've, I've worked in that field for the better part of, of a decade plus, and I've seen that over and over, you know, these kids that come in and it's, it's, you know, it's a cry for help or it's getting in with, you know, the wrong crowd or what have yeah. you, but there is that, that higher likelihood that they become addicted or have some level of drug use. Yeah, absolutely. And and listen, and, and I think it's important to know this too, all, all these statistics, when you start looking them up, I mean, these aren't from like Christian companies. This isn't like the Pew Research Group, right? I mean, this is, this is a statement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Fatherless children are at a, at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse. Okay. I, I mean that, that I don't know. I don't know exactly who wrote that. Perhaps they were a Christian, but they're, they're writing from the government's perspective here, right? Saying that same thing. And, and, uh, and then listen to this, there's a significantly, I'm sorry, there is significantly more drug use among children who do not live with their mother and father. All right. That's from a 2002 study. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's obvious that yes, without that leadership in the home, something happens in a kid and there's a correlation there. All right. We may not know the direct cause always, but there's still definitely that correlation between fatherlessness and drug and alcohol abuse. And at earlier ages too, 
I might add. Yeah. And, and in my time in, in the uh, addiction rehab industry, you know, one of the things that we saw was that often drug use was tied to some form of trauma. And we've talked about that, that these kids, uh, many have faced severe trauma. The, yeah. the fact of not having a father in the home, that is a traumatic event for that child. And that does kind of to lead into the next one that, you know, kids who come from fatherless homes tend to have more physical and emotional health uh, issues, yeah. you know, and, and some of that stemming from, from the emotional health side, that trauma that they experienced early on um, from having a, a father that's not present in the home. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, <laughs> there, there's just, there's, there's, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, one thing I think that's really cool about what God designed, um, but but let's go from the negative side first. Absolutely, without there being that father figure present who who, who provides something that a mother typically doesn't. Right? I mean, God has designed a father and a mother to work together uh, for the emotional and physical health of, of their children. So, a 2006 study of 1,977 children, aged three and older, living with a residential father or father figure found that children living with married biological parents had significantly fewer externalizing and internalizing behavioral problems than children living with at least one non-biological parent. So even there, that's, that's not just specific to fathers, but this was, this was done uh, in a study about fathers. But it, just even having both their biological parents present made them healthier. They were healthier both, and, and they had fewer behavioral problems, right? So it said internal and external. So there's a lot of complex stuff in that, but, but they were healthier and their emotional health was better, right? They, 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 they just, they behaved better. So um, yeah. And the children, here's another one. Children of single parent homes are more than twice as likely to commit suicide. I mean, that, that, that floors me. And, and of course, I, that's hard for me too. Cause I know a lot of, I know a lot of kids in, 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 in what I would say are healthy single parent households, right. With godly moms or dads who are raising them, but man, that the correlation in that, that's tough. That's from a 2003 study, right. By the Lancet. I mean, it's not even, again, not a Christian source. Children of single parent homes are more than twice as likely to commit suicide. All right. Children born to single mothers show higher levels of aggressive behavior than children born to married mothers. All right. So that that's huge. Um, uh, I mean, I just the data speaks, man. Um, you know, that 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 it, it is uh, it affects a child's well-being to have, and not just fathers, this is mostly about fathers, but having both their biological parents present. They are emotionally and physically healthier. Yeah. And in that, I mean, it's going to impact every aspect of their life. If they're already struggling with trauma and, you know, their emotional well-being at that point, if that also creates physical uh, hardships due to maybe, you know, lower access to, to quality health care or food. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in drug use, then these type of things are going to start to, to bleed over into other parts of their daily life. And one of those is just education, right? Just learning, you know, uh, uh, there may be more of a likelihood of missing school of uh, maybe because of mental health or other issues, not being fully kind of present when they are there and just being distracted and it, it impacting their grades. Um, but education 
is definitely another area where we see this, uh, this impact. Yep. A 2007 study. I mean, I sound like a statistician today. Listen to this, but a 2007 study, right. Of children in grade in grades seven through 12 showed that those who had lived with um, at least one biological parent, uh, either you know, maybe it was through because of divorce, separation, or just didn't know the other biological parent, you know, from birth on, that their grade point averages uh, were um, were lower than those who had lived with both biological parents. I mean, almost always. All right, at, the average was was lower. All right, uh, children children living with their married biological father tested at a significantly higher level than those living with a non biological father. I, why does that make a difference? I can't even tell you. We need to have a psychologist on here. Even having a father figure present, there's some correlation between knowing their biological father and their success in school. I mean, that's that's crazy. Um, but listen to this, man. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. And that's, that's as recent as 2012. Okay. That's still about 10 years old, but that's, 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 that's pretty recent as all these, because these are studies of a lot of kids. It takes a long time. Um, 71% fatherless children have more trouble academically. They score more poorly on tests of reading mathematics and thinking skills. Children from father absent homes are more likely to be truant from school. Sorry. So see that, you know, that, that just, that's a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to school. You're obviously going to score uh, lower. Um, they're more likely to be excluded from school for, for other reasons, more likely to leave school at age 16. All right. So to drop out and not even finish and more likely to, um, or less likely to attain academic and professional qualifications in adulthood. So they don't even go on to, you know, to attain uh, certificates and whatever in trades to be able to, to work professionally in adulthood. So it's just, I mean, it's just that, but that, that um, 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes that, that just floors me, man. It's huge. Yeah. And, and with that, I mean, it's, it's scary to think about just what that leads to for early adulthood. I mean, you think a lot of, for a lot of them, this means that, you know, when they get into their twenties, their prefrontal cortex starts to, to, to finalize its development and they start thinking through things. They're a little bit behind the curve. And, and so they're kind of getting a late start and, uh, in, in kind of recouping a lot of lost time there. And and it definitely, I mean, it's, it's something that impacts them for years, for years to come. Um, But also in this, you know, one of the other things that we see is that there is a higher propensity for crime. I mean, this is definitely an unfortunate, um, you know, one of the unfortunate side effects of, of fatherless homes and things that we see uh, as they tend to get drawn into criminal behavior uh, a little more often. Yeah, absolutely. Adolescents living in intact families, right? So adolescents from families that are still together are less likely to engage in delinquency than their peers living in non-intact families, right? That's 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 uh, that's from a 2004 study, right? Uh, compared to peers in intact families, right? Adolescents in single-parent families and step-families even, right? So this is tough. Uh, we're more likely to engage in delinquent, you know, activity and, and, and as, as a youngster, right? So crime, crime, we like to give it a nicer name, but crime at an early age, right? Um, this relationship appeared to be operating through differences in family processes, parental involvement, 
All right. So that's huge. That makes a big difference. The level of parental involvement, the level of supervision, right? And I mean, think about a single mom, especially trying to, trying to supervise her kid, right? I mean, she's having to work, provide for her child, Super, there's only one of you, right? As opposed to two, you know, that, that makes a huge difference. I mean, just when my wife goes out of town, that's, that's tough, man. All right. And I'm only doing it for a weekend or a week when she got, you know, went to Kenya last year. Um, but less monitoring, right, of, of uh, supervision and monitoring of the child's activities. And, uh, and parent and child closeness suffers, right, because you have one burned out parent typically than two who are working together. And um, so, yeah, um, so it, it's, man, all that stuff just adds up, makes, makes a difference, man. They're on their own, making their own decisions, you know, finding their own way, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, and ending up in, in delinquent activities and leading to, you know, adult crime, you know, so it's, yeah, it's huge, man. Big deal. Yeah. And I think the last thing that we'll look at as far as, you know, kind of some of the ripple effect is there is an increase uh, in sexual activity. One of the stats you had talked about earlier uh, stated that there was a higher propensity for teen pregnancy yeah. even. Uh, and and some of this again, goes back to the things you just said, you know, the, the, single parent is working, trying to provide, you know, there's more unsupervised time, you know, there's more time for them to kind of uh, do whatever they want to do or, or have a little more freedom, you know, yeah. without supervision. And, and so that's going to naturally lead to this. Yeah, no. And so they, they did this huge study uh, uh, with, with rural Southern adolescents. So this is down here with us, man, in the South. Um, and what they found is that the results revealed that adolescents in father-absent homes were more likely to report being sexually active compared to adolescents living with their fathers, okay, both boys and girls in that one. I mean, that's huge. And, and, and what you just described, too, is, is a large part of what we see around the world, man. We're, you know, every time we, we go um, to Kenya, especially, we're, we're talking with the boys and the girls, and you know, we, we did purity talks for a while. Now we're trying to do biblical manhood and womanhood talks, in, including that, teaching them how to be, you know, what God designed them to be. But, I mean, that what we're battling is the fact that they've got no supervision, and they're just standing around at night and then the sun goes down and it's dark. And anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to go on. It's it, it, but it's a crazy thing to battle the fact that there's just no parental supervision most of the time. And so, yeah, we see the same thing here. Um, listen to this being raised by a single mother raises the risk of teen pregnancy, marrying with less than a high school degree and forming a marriage where both partners have less than a high school degree. All right. So being raised by a single mother raises all of those things. All right. And again, I think some of it, and, and this is not to be a downer on single moms. It's one parent doing the job that two parents are supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think if we were to look, you know, at, at a breakdown of single moms versus single dads, I think you would see that it's still higher. Anytime it's a single parent, Yeah, this is going to be higher. Now the, Absolutely. the, the generational thing that you spoke of earlier, I think is when you have a, a young boy who didn't have a father in the home and then he gets a girl pregnant. Well, what has he seen? What is the example? His example is that I don't have to take care of that kid, yeah. you know? So now you've created another single mom because you have a boy whose example is not to be a part of that child's life, not yeah. to take responsibility. And so you're just continuing the, you know, that, that process uh, to the, to the next generation. 
you know, I mean, and, you know, again, anecdotally, I mean, we've served families where you see it. I mean, you walk in and all of a sudden you see four generations real quick and they're all young, right? I mean, you know, it's like, here's a great grandmother. I'm like, oh my goodness, she's younger than my grandmother. And, and, and you look at, or he, and you see all of a sudden the fact that you realize, man, this is cyclical. This does reproduce itself. I shouldn't use the word reproduce, but it does reproduces itself. So there, there it is. It's a, that all of a sudden, yeah, that, wow. You know, a teen mom, you know, led to another teen mom, to a teen mom, to a teen. And oh my goodness, mm-hmm. man, it, yeah. it, it is, it, it's, man, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words more in this, yeah. <laughs> this episode than any other, because yeah. it, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, trying to help people break that cycle. It's so yeah. difficult uh, to break that. So let's talk about what we learned from this. Now, I, you know, this one is, it's called the effects of fatherlessness. So we've talked about the effects and, and I, I you know, this is one of those subjects we can't really give the answer to right here. Like, Hey, let me just tell you how to fix this. Right. But I think we can point to some things, uh, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. Number one, what have we learned from all this? All right. Surprise, surprise. God has it right. Okay. (laughs) Like, you know, we quoted the world statistics, right? No, no Christian, you know, organizations in that. This is what the world has observed. And, you know, God has said, Hey, this is the way I designed it. That a man would would leave his father and mother, and and as a woman would leave her father and mother, cleave her husband. Right? He commanded them to be fruitful and multiply. Jesus said, "Hey, they're supposed to stay together, right, <laughs> to the end." And and then and Paul, you know, teaches us how to raise our kids. Right? He speaks to that. I mean, the Bible tells us that that, that this God's word shows us that an intact family is what God designed, right? I mean, it's it's a first institution God created back in Genesis, right? Created the man and the woman. He said, be fruitful and multiply. We hadn't even left Genesis chapter one yet, right? Because it is that, uh, it's that integral to society. And uh, I think all of this stuff that we see here just, just adds up to that, man. Biblical manhood and biblical womanhood are important, man. Our churches need to be discipling families, need to be showing young men how to be men of God, how young women to be women of God, right? And and, uh, and surprise, surprise, man, God knows what he's talking about, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he is the designer, right? He, he, he created all things and, you know, it's crazy. I think about it because there, there can be a come, there can be a lot of, uh, talk about empowering the individual, right. To, to be able to handle things on your own and strengthen yourself. But just a simple analogy to weight training. If you have a barbell and you go to lift it on your own, you know, you can lift so much weight, but if you and I went and grabbed it together, we could add way more weight than either one of us can individually lift and we can lift it together. And throughout scripture, you see that, that, that call to community of coming together. And that's why that is God's design, yeah. you know, in, in, in a family that when, when you're thinking about taking care of a kid, there's only so much you can do as an individual. You can't sp- split your time and clone yourself and, and, and make yourself be in multiple places at one time. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. And so God understood the benefit there just from that perspective, in addition to the numerous other benefits that there are emotionally, spiritually, uh, and on and on. 
Well, and not to mention, okay, I mean, God has made men and women different. Now, our world really hates that I just said that now, right? But he has created us equal, all right, equal, but different. And so what they bring in raising children is different. And I've heard psychologists talk about this, um, both Christian and secular psychologists. But but to sum it up, I, I, re- I remember this very clearly. I've heard it said several times that, you know, when, when a child falls and scrapes their knees, uh, or falls and gets hurt, they, they really need two things. Number one, they need someone who will nurture them and love on them and, and pick them up and, and, you know, Oh, I'm so sorry. That is typically from a mother. Okay. But the child also needs someone who will walk up sometimes and go, Oh, that's fine. You know, get up and walk it off. I mean, how many of us have, have heard that before, right? Get up and walk it off. Oh, that's going to be, it's just a little scrape. You're going to be fine right? And that typically comes from a father. And so a a child learns different things from that, right? They learn to be compassionate. They learn to care for others. At the same time, they they learn to be tough, right? Stand up and take responsibility, okay? That's a very simple analogy that that now I'm, I'm expanding out to a lot of stuff, but they do. They learn different things because men and women are different. Mothers and fathers give different things to their children, right? Through their, 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 their roles. And so it, uh, yeah, children grow and develop and it's statistics have shown it over and over again. Um, you know, better, they, they're more well-rounded, whether, whether in a Christian home or not, but just with both parents, their biological mother and father there. And then of course we would say, well, we really want them really pray that they're in a Christian family and they're learning, you know, Christian values, but, but it just even plays out in the world, uh, whether they're in Christian homes or not. So um, yeah, they, they it, both have got to be there, man, mother and father. That's the way God designed it. Yeah, we know that that's that's not always going to happen, right? We do live in reality and understand that there are going to be single family homes, and you know we look a lot even in the countries that we serve and the the kids who are on the streets. So, what can we do? You know what what is heart of the bride doing? Maybe speak to a little bit of that, and what can we as the church do to help when we see fatherlessness? How can we combat this? Well, you know, number one, I, I think this is a Christian podcast. I assume, maybe not, everybody listening to this is is a believer in Jesus Christ or professes to be. Um, well, whether you are or you're not, you know, if you're a young man and uh, you father a child, you know, uh, be a father. Okay, <laughs> that's number one. That's that's the that's the first challenge, you know. But but number two, you know, the we we just mentioned, you know, the church really needs to be about discipling young men and young women in biblical manhood and womanhood. Um, but so does the family, right? Because we we need mothers and fathers to be doing the same thing for their to their children, um, for them to learn it and then to pass it on. Uh, just as we've talked about creating disciples, that's a part of discipling your children, teaching them to to fulfill what God has called them to do as young men and young women growing up to be husbands and wives, mothers and fathers. Um, but you know that the church too, and, and what we're, we're seeking to do at Heart of the Bride uh, through Care Portal, and, and, and like I said earlier, Matt Nelms is doing this and really trying this, is to go upstream, right? To try to, to intercept um, uh, vulnerable uh, teens, you know, who are coming from homes, tough situations, uh, you know, fatherlessness, motherlessness, orphaned, um, coming from poverty, coming from trauma, and try to intercept them and, 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 and 
teach them a better way. So, you know, in the end, obviously the gospel is where, you know, through the, the power of Jesus Christ is where ultimate healing is going to come. We're trying to introduce them to that, deal with the trauma in their lives. It's, it's a complex issue. I'm not going to say it's easy. If you really dive into the foster care system, it's, it's, it's complex and it's tough, but going upstream and, and I've heard Matt say it more than once. He's like, I am trying to prevent deadbeat dads. Okay. And, and, and he needs to be on here saying this soon. He needs to do his own episode on this, but Matt is, I've heard him say it several times. I am trying to prevent deadbeat dads because I'm trying to teach these, these young men how to be young, godly men, how to take responsibility. And so I I think the church has to go upstream and, 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 uh, and do this. I think the church needs to strengthen families. We're trying to do that here. We're trying to do it around the world. I mentioned that in our last um, uh, podcast in Kenya, you know, we're trying to disciple that area around the school. Part of that will be godly parenting classes, teaching them what it means to love a child. Some of them have never heard that. All right. We work in cultures where they've never been taught anything of a healthy family or what it means. So we're going to try to strengthen other, those families and, and, and see them transformed by the gospel, you know, but ultimately too, you know, we've, we've got to reach out to, to fatherless children. And, um, and, you know, I mean, of course we, we try to place them in families when we can, but, but the main thing we need to do is introduce them to the father of the fatherless. You know, that's, that's our God. Um, and, uh, and ultimate healing is going to come uh, through the, the father's work in their life, their heavenly father, and, uh, and, and teach them that, hey, there's, there's a better example than, than your earthly father, whether your earthly father was great or not, or not, or there or not, right, is that you have a heavenly father uh, who, who does love you like a father is supposed to. And, uh, and so, you know, we've, we've got we've to attack it on all those, all those fronts, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think in some of our ministries, what it looks like is you might have, you know, a bunch of guys living in like in Zambia, you have multiple kids living in a home where there is a, a father figure, right? A, a husband and wife. And so they're getting that, they're getting that father figure in their life that can help them break that cycle. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so the one place where we still have residents, you know, in, 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 in our ministries in Zambia is set up in family style you know, homes where we have a mama and a papa, you know, uh, that, that are Zambian, right. Who are, yeah. Serving as mama and papa to those boys. And, and, um, and so absolutely, man, that that's important for them to see and learn that, to, to see that in action and experience the love of a mother and father. So absolutely. You nailed it. Yeah. So we want, we want everyone to be encouraged that there is hope. There's hope in Christ. There is hope in the church being the church and helping to uh, to raise up men who understand biblical manhood. What does it mean to be a man of God, to, to walk in the character of Jesus Christ, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, uh, to take responsibility you know, for their life, for their actions. And, and we can do this, and, and we can start to break the cycle. It does not have to continue on you know, but we have to step in. And, and sometimes that's going to mean that we're helping that single parent out in, in ways to, to help uh, maybe lessen the burden on them and, and, right. and provide, absolutely, you know, yeah, provide a little relief and, and just be there as a, as a mentor or some type of influence. But, you know, we got to look at that as well. Well, you know, that's a part of what we're doing through Care Portal too. God has really helped us to really not just help foster and adoptive families, but to really engage in families that are in danger of being split apart and helping keep them together. 
That's been yeah. that's really one of my favorite parts of that is is how we've been able to work with child protective investigators to help keep families together so that they are with their parents and 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 to pray prayerfully, hopefully, right, see that family develop into a healthy family, even if it's a single parent, which it is a lot of times, but to help them become the healthiest family they can be uh, through through the church, walking alongside them and introducing them to Christ. So absolutely, and and Tommy too, you know we, you know our our ministry is filled with all kinds of testimonies, right? Um, listen, not every family is going to be perfect and stay there, right? Even if they follow Christ, okay, there's never, you're never without hope, right? Yeah. The gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus can redeem whatever situation you're in. So whoever's listening to this podcast, don't, don't, don't be, don't feel down. Don't feel bad. If, if, if you've messed up or you were married, someone else messed up, whatever. Okay. It, it happens. We live in a fallen world. That's why the gospel is so important. There is healing in Christ. Listen, he can redeem what the, the years that the locusts have eaten, right? I mean, let's go back to some Old Testament prophecy, right? But, but, but he will do it. He, he will redeem whatever the situation is if it's given to him. So there's never, you're never without hope, right? And so we know, and, and people in our office are testimonies to that. You're never without hope. Uh, God brings healing. God works to restore the, the creation that's been broken. Okay, yeah. so what we just described is a, the the symptoms of a very broken creation, but yeah. that's why the God. That's why our last podcast was about the Great Commission, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and His body motivated to get out there, take the gospel, and fight this thing, is uh, is His is His His plan. And uh, but it's His power that restores and heals. So don't don't listen to this podcast with no hope, everybody. If you're if you're in one of those situations, there is hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ. Definitely. Well said. Well said. And it, we want, we do want to thank you for listening. And if this has impacted you, we want to invite you to subscribe to the channel, like this video, comment on it, share it. This all helps with the YouTube, YouTube algorithms to help this message get out to more people. You know, we, we want to invite you if, if you want, audio only to check out our podcasts on Apple or Spotify. You can leave us a review there and, and listen to the audio only. Uh, but we want to thank you for engaging with us in this way. You know, here at Heart of the Bride, we offer a Commit 3 initiative, which helps you to partner with us and, and join us on this journey. And you can check that out, the website that's listed below. And what that does is it invites you to come in and pray with us, to engage with us in ways just like this, watching our YouTube video, uh, maybe going on a mission trip with us or helping locally uh, with Care Portal. And then also uh, the element of giving, and that can be of time, of finances. Um, but we want to invite you to join us for that Commit 3. Go ahead and sign up. Uh, you're already part of the way there because you're engaging with us right now. And so we want to thank you for that. Uh, you can connect with us on Facebook as well. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us. Uh, my email is Tommy at heart of the bride.org. And Brian's is Brian with an I at heart of the bride.org. B R I A N at heart of the bride.org. And All I right. think that's, that is more important in this episode than any other. And this is the longest one we've done. And we're about to hit 40, yeah. 43 minutes. <laughs> All right. If you stuck with us this long and if, if it, listen, if you're struggling with anything in this, reach out to us, man. Yeah. If this episode reached someone who's really struggling, look, I would say this, if, if you're not in the local area, you need to find someone near you, right? Reach out to a church, reach out to someone, but look, don't, don't just not reach out to anyone. 
reach out to one of us, man. We look, I, <laughs> I'd love to be on the phone with you. Zoom, right? We'll, we'll talk um, and, and help you get connected to someone who can really walk alongside you. Even if, if you're not in this local area, if you're here, man, it would be our honor to walk with someone who, who wants to grow in Christ. So reach out to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it, man. And Hey, uh, thank you, Tommy. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for hanging in here for a long one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you all. All right. We'll see y'all next time.